0: Welcome to the Dreamers Manual podcast.
1: Yes, I am so excited to be here. I've wanted to join you for a while, so I cannot wait.
0: This is such a treat. I think that you have my favorite reel of this entire year. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody wants to see how you really show up and do reels as a service-based provider to get some education about client experience and Debs Soto. Um, and to get like a little sprinkle right now, we're recording in October, like Halloween themed stuff. Definitely Halloween. go check it out.
1: Yes, I had to. When I saw it, I was like, this is perfect. Like we're going for it. And Halloween, <laughs> I told you, was my favorite, favorite holiday. So I'm all about it. So
0: much fun. I was just telling somebody cause I knit and so there are these amazing Halloween projects and I just like, I can't fit them all in one month. So I've made these like spooky ghost hats, but I want to make these socks. There's like skull shawls and there's just so many cool things. So I'm saving them so I can start early, like next August and all my Halloween knits.
1: Yes. I mean, just do it all year there's nobody saying that you can't do Halloween all year long. <laughs> right. I mean, Christmas sometimes like we get a little bit too early with that, but we get to do Halloween. It's fine.
0: Well, I've gotten ahead of myself. So I would love for people who haven't got to connect with you before to hear more about who you are, where you're at in the world and what you do in this online space.
1: Yeah. So my name is Shay Howard and I am located in Northern Colorado. I've been here for gosh, long time now. I originally was born and raised in Arizona and then moved up to Colorado and I've been here ever since. So we were just talking about how it had snowed up in your area and I am not a cold weather person. I am truly like Arizona blood in me, but you know, we make it here. But I originally was actually in the education space. So I got my degree in elementary education. I was an elementary teacher for a few years. And then eventually I decided to get my degree in counseling. So I did that. I got my master's and I was a high school counselor for a few years. And then eventually my husband and I decided to have a little baby and she was born in August of 2021. So she's a little bit over a year old now, which is insane to me. Her name is Sutton, but when she was born, I had every intention of going back to work. I was at that time, just a part-time school counselor. So I was like, this is going to be great. My husband, Justin actually works at home. He's an entrepreneur. So We were going to split it to where he would watch her. I'd go to work. I'd come home, vice versa. And as the time got closer and closer for me to return, I realized this was not what I wanted to do. (laughs) So I actually had a friend who had a baby a week and a half after I did. That was at the same school. And she had mentioned how she was starting a virtual sister business. And so I remember that as the time was getting closer for me to return. And so I reached out to her cause I was like, I need to find something. Like I just, I can't do it. So I reached out to her and she was like, Oh yeah. Like I've taken this girl, Michaela Quinn's program. And she's teaching me how to be a freelancer and all this stuff. And I didn't even have to really look into it at all. I was just like, okay, done. Like this is what we're doing. So it was pretty quick. My husband though was so great of, Knowing that that's what I wanted to do, and he was so supportive of like, okay, if you can make it happen, then do it. So I did it and I became virtual assistant. Um, that would have been gosh, almost a year actually. It was like the very end of October.
0: Oh, wow,
1: yeah. So coming up on the one year anniversary of that, but I dove in and kind of just did a lot of random stuff. My parents had actually recently moved up to South Dakota and bought a restaurant up there, so I was doing like social media stuff for them. Um, I updated their menu, just a lot of like back end stuff like that for them. Got a couple other clients um, and actually like the gym space. So a CrossFit gym here hired me on to do some stuff for them and little projects here and there and just kind of got up and going. But I knew from the very beginning, I wasn't going to stay a virtual assistant for long. Just my personality and who I am. I really like to lead. I like to be kind of someone who oversees stuff. And then also my roles as like a team lead when I was an elementary teacher and then also as a school counselor, I was more like the higher admin position. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to just be the doer. I wanted to really be able to serve and be kind of a, I guess, a strategic partner in what I was doing, whatever service I had. So I eventually decided to move into systems because it was a lot of like that project base. I kind of just do the work. I'm the person who is overseeing all the things. I give it back to you. But I also always had the idea of like an OBM or a DOO at the back of my mind, like from the very beginning. And I feel like at the beginning, I just didn't feel like I had enough knowledge because I never was from the business world. Like that's just not where I came from. I was in education. So even though I probably could have done it, it was just more my own confidence that I had to gain in that area. And the more that I was getting into the online space, the more knowledge I had, I was like, no, I got this. I could do it. Um, so I eventually decided to become certified in not one, but two areas. Um, so I am actually in the certification programs for both the online business manager program and the director of operations. So come this December, I will be certified as both and we'll see where that takes me. I don't know.
0: Overachiever. Um, I love it.
1: Oh yeah. I, (laughs) I was actually talking to a friend earlier this week. She was like, you just have like laser focus when you want something you go for. I'm like, Yep, that's pretty much the best way to explain it. Like I'm just in it and I'm willing to do the work around it too. So
0: Right. Because in any one of those programs, in and of itself, it's they're a deep dive and there's a lot to consume in the content and the coaching calls. And then you throw in your business, which is running, and then you throw in your family and not throw in really, because that's like the whole reason why, you know, you restructured everything. So for so we're gonna talk about client experience because We were saying to each other before this call, it's such a common theme. I can't think of anybody who comes to me, whether they have a membership, coaching business, a service-based business where they're not really thinking about and concerned about their client experience from start to finish. So we want to talk about what that looks like, how to improve it, your tips for that. But I find it really not only inspirational, but very interesting because I do follow along with you on social media and I see you do, um, would you call it powerlifting? Is that what it is? I do Olympic lifting. Yeah. Olympic. Okay. Yep. So I see you do that and manage all these other things and like, listen, full transparency, it's okay if you cannot do all these things, right? In a different season of life because when I had little kids, I was at home with them and I did do contract work for local attorneys. And so I did have something going on, but I when I had two little kids at home, my mind just I could barely feed myself, much less manage all this other stuff. So this is just, you know, to share and some inspiration, but I would love to talk to you about what that would you call that a hobby or a lifestyle or like
1: oh gosh I think probably at this point it's honestly just a part of my lifestyle because it just like I love it so much and it doesn't define me but I feel like it's a big part of who I am now for Mm -hmm. sure and it was like going back to kind of what you're saying of when you have a like new baby or you have kids like it's hard I mean I didn't go back to the gym for a while after I had signed and I was used to going to the gym a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it was so hard for me to be at home, taking care of her, like trying to eat, trying to shower, trying to do all the things. And at that point, this is kind of like a little backstory, but right after we had my daughter, my husband decided that, and this was agreed upon decision, that he was going to go back to EMT school because he wanted to pursue firefighting. And so with the way that our schedule worked, he worked in the mornings, he went to EMT school and then he's also a hockey coach. So he would go and coach in the evenings. So I genuinely was home with Sutton all day by myself and my parents were close by. So I didn't have help. And again, like I wanted to be home with her. So I was not willing to take her to daycare. I was not willing to have other people take care of her like that. I wanted that to be my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a place then where I wasn't working out at all. I was not leaving the house like it truly felt like I lost such a big part of myself. Like it was very, very hard for me, especially being someone who's more of an extrovert too. Mm-hmm. Like to not have the interaction, especially with my high schoolers that I worked with quite a bit and the staff and stuff like that, that I'm so used to having around me all the time to now just be at home with the baby and two dogs <laughs> was so tough. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to be able to go back and weightlift was so necessary for me. Just to one, be able to like, Move again and do the things that I'm used to, and then also being back in that community of people because I was finally back around people again. I wasn't just at home working and doing that stuff, but just getting out of the house, getting away from Sutton for a little bit, kind of getting a break from mom life. And it was almost like that piece of me was back that I had lost for a little bit. So I totally relate though, of knowing how hard it is to do it because there are plenty of days still that I'm like, nope, I got too much, I could stay home. But at the end of the day, I feel so much better when I go and lift
0: for sure. So what helped you get that momentum back when you were transitioning back into going back to powerlifting after you had your daughter? That's where sometimes people have trouble getting started. It's like that momentum. And really it's taking a risk, which I think we can relate to a lot of things, including you know, starting your business was a risk. Like all these things that we're doing, we're putting ourselves out there. We're not sure if it's going to work. It's a level of managing your own schedule, right? That yeah. working out too. It's like, sometimes I think for myself, where am I going to fit this in? And people might be thinking that about, starting a business or you know, where can I fit in another client? So how yeah. did you decide to go back? What kept you motivated? and do you have any helpful tips for us for mindset? And sorry if I can repeat those questions. this is if I get really excited, I haven't done this in a long time, but I tend to ask like 10 questions at once.
1: so <laughs> yeah, no, I think so I could definitely relate this thinking about business, right? So when you're growing your business, I mean, there are times where things might happen. You might have to step away for a minute for different reasons. Maybe it's that you have a kiddo, whatever it might be, but you don't want all of that work that you put in to go to waste. And I think that's kind of how it was for me with weightlifting of I've been lifting for a very long time and I weightlifted until I think it was like the day before I had son. And so it wasn't anything that I ever gave up when I was pregnant with her. And so I think to just all of a sudden drop it and not have any activity like that, that just wouldn't have been me. You know, I've done all of this work and just not to continue it would have been very out of character, I think for myself, but going back to like the business side, if you're building this business and you have to step away from it for a little bit, are you just going to leave it? Just be like, all right, like I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. Like you're going to want to continue to grow and it takes time. Like it might be that you get back into it and you have to kind of find your foundation again. And maybe your mission has changed for your business or maybe your services have changed, but that doesn't mean that it's. Something you just give up and walk away from. You just kind of mm-hmm. revamp and you pivot and you do what you need to. I am by no means back to the weights that I was at previously. And that's very, very hard for me mentally, for sure. Just like if you were at a set of clients, you had to step away and now are having to get that momentum back up of gaining clients again. Like it's hard. And it's hard to think about, well, I was here. This is what I used to do. Or I used to live this much weight. I used to make this much money and I'm having to grow again. But you're not going to get back to where you were if you don't start. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: it's really that choice of what matters to you. And for me, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, weightlifting is such a big part of who I am now that I don't really know like that I could ever just walked away from it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not something that I would want to lose for myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm still in a place of trying to gain back that muscle and trying to gain back the weights that I was at. And it's slow and it's steady. But I know that I had to put the work in to get back to where I was. And I mean, I've been in that place with my business of, I mean, August was so low for me. August and September were so hard. And I remember I was talking to my husband actually recently. And I was like, I've, that's it. I'm just walking away. I'm done. And he was like, you've put all this work in. Like, you're just going to walk away from it now. And even though I say it and I know that it's not true for myself, it's still that reminder of like. No, I'm not going to give up. Like I'm going to keep going. And there's going to be times where things are going to slow down or where they're not going to go great, or you're going to miss that lift, or you're not going to get the client that you want, but that doesn't mean that you just stop it. You got to find that courage and that confidence in yourself to keep moving forward because I truly believe it's once you kind of get over those speed bumps or you get over like the mountaintop that it's like, okay, now we got there. You know, it's not gonna be easy sailing. I've definitely learned that in business and very much learned that in weightlifting. Like (laughs) weightlifting is the most humbling thing I have ever experienced in my life. There are days where it's great and you feel fantastic, and then you go into the gym the next day and you can't lift anything. It's incredible to me still. But it's just showing up still to get to where you want to go. And I have so many goals for myself in weightlifting and in business that I'm not willing to. Just give up on it like that just wouldn't be me as a person, I think.
0: I love that. And I think that I would find it odd if there was a person in business who said they never had like thoughts or daydreams about burning their business down to the ground because there are just days, weeks, hopefully not months, but sometimes literally times when you're like, what the heck? I just am so done with this. But I do think, like you said, having that creative outlet and having something else to focus on that you can also relate to and move towards i do think having multifacets to our lives and business helps us get that balance perspective and we can learn lessons in areas that we can bring to other areas
1: yeah and i'll say cuz you asked about like how do i get myself there another thing too for myself is i have a good friend who i go and lift with in the mornings now so I used to go, we used to have a barbell club that I would go to in the evenings, but with our schedule right now, my husband coaching hockey, it just isn't available for our schedule. And so I had to make that commitment, which was not an easy commitment for me to make. I am definitely an evening person when it comes to working out, but I had to change my schedule and work out in the mornings now. But what gets me there is I have a friend that I work out with now. And it's the same thing for business. I have a group of biz besties that we meet with each week. and so. It's cool because on the weeks that are really hard in business, I look forward to that day so much because I'm like, okay, like we'll be able to talk about it. And I feel so much better after airing everything out and just getting their input and knowing that somebody is going through the same thing as I am sometimes, or maybe they have experienced it and them giving me their feedback of what worked for them or how they moved through it. And it's the same thing of like showing up to weightlifting when the days are like, really early. And I don't want to get there. I have someone who I can relate to and they're struggling too. And we're just doing it together.
0: (laughs) That's such a good tip and a good point because it is those relationships that really can help provide that accountability. And also, I'll at least speak for myself. I get so stuck in my head sometimes where we just spin and we see this like in the OBM school Facebook group where people are like, I can't decide between this system or that. And it's like, let's you know, stop procrastinating and talk out what you want and need and make a decision and know that it can be changed or adjusted moving forward. And sometimes I've messaged people, like usually yearly, I message Mackenzie uh, about my website and my branding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to change my branding. And she's like, why? <laughs> And so it's even that like point of view where we make something into something bigger than it is, or we're just, yeah. you know, going down like a rabbit hole that they can reel us back in and save us not only energy, but time.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. And i have needed that a few times, like I was saying, the last couple of months have been hard. And I think it's really difficult when you feel like you're putting so much energy and so much time and you're trying so hard, like, you know, it's not a lack of effort on your end, but you're not seeing those results. It's so hard to want to continue. And you're saying, like, just burn it all day. I'm like, I'm done. This obviously isn't working, but it is. Like, I think a lot of the time it's there's traction being made. You just can't see it yet. Mm -hmm. There's people that are watching you or that they see your services or whatever it might be. They just haven't reached out to you yet. Or maybe they're not in a place where they're ready for your services yet, but they know you and they're watching you. And eventually, when the time comes, hopefully they become a client of yours. Mm -hmm. Same thing goes for weightlifting. If I'm not consistent lifting weights and I take time off and I try to come back and lift whatever weight might be like, no chance, not going to happen. Or I'm going to be very, very, very sore the next day. But if I continue to work on it, even if I don't feel like I'm seeing progress, eventually I'll start to see it. It's just that momentum and keeping on with whatever you're doing and just moving forward. Really?
0: Yeah. They're powerful. Just putting one foot in front of the other. Some days is a, a win.
1: And it's hard. Like I'm not going to say that it's not because it's hard some days, but it's a choice too.
0: And then there are the days where you just flying high and like look back and you think, wow, I can't believe I built this or I lifted that or, you know, I don't want to belabor the hard days, but I think people, in my opinion, don't talk about it enough. Sometimes I like a celebration and an inspirational story, just like the next person, but it's hard to hear when you're just in the trenches sometimes. And so it's mm-hmm. nice to know that literally everybody struggles from the point of view of an OBM or DOO. Most things don't look on the inside like they look on the outside in social yep. media. And so take all that with a grain of salt and don't be afraid to protect your energy in those times where it doesn't feel low, like there are people that on social media, you know, there's tools to mute and unmute. There are people that I love to follow, but during certain seasons, it just it doesn't feel good to me. And so then I can rejoin them when I'm feeling good again. But number one is protecting my energy and making sure that I can focus on what I need to focus on and not am not constantly taking hits of like, oh, that's this person's doing that or, Oh, this, you know, they're feeling really good. And they've been in the business the same time as me and I'm not feeling great. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's, uh, it's important to put yourself as a priority.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, so we both know Genevieve. Um, she's a director of marketing. She's wonderful, but I took her mastermind and something that she said is when you're feeling like that, do a content band, like step away from it all, Because, and I know that for myself, it's when I'm taking in all this other content from people and seeing how, like what you're saying, how great they're doing or how much they're lifting or how successful their business is. And then you look at yourself you're like, well, I'm not there. But again, you don't always know because somebody is showing that, that doesn't always mean that's how it is on the back end. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that's the truth behind everything, but you don't know that when you're just looking at it, like on a post that somebody has on there or a story that somebody posts, you don't know. And so I found that for myself that it's so helpful to do a content ban and just step away and to take some time to reflect on myself and kind of feel like, okay, where am I at? Why am I feeling this way? And then get myself to a place where I feel better coming back into the space, like you were saying of not taking content in from this person, but I will again in the future at some point when I'm feeling better. And I think that's so important for people to remember, like it's okay to feel that way, but also know when to take care of yourself and do the things that you need to do to take yourself out of whatever environment that is causing that to happen for you.
0: Well, I think we would be remiss in not coming to the topic of our podcast because I know you get on calls with so many people, but I would say it's like a super common, if not one of the most common things that people come and say is like, they're nervous or unsure or don't feel confident in their client experience. Now I know sometimes like the word client experience can sound sort of nebulous. So can you talk to us about what we mean by client experience?
1: Yeah. So I kind of view it in two ways. So I definitely talk about client process and client experience and I view them very differently. So in my mind, client experience is your client's feelings, emotions, perceptions of working with you. So this is like you going into A restaurant, right? And you sit down, you order your food, you have a great meal, and you leave. Your experience of working with your waiter, your experience with the food, how you feel during that time—that is your experience in that restaurant. I also talk about the process, and so this is more like the step-by-step of how things happen. So you sit down at your table, your waiter comes over to you, they get your drinks, they take your order, they go to the back, they put in your order, they bring you the food, that sort of thing. So it's kind of two sides of it. That client experience is more that front-facing. How are you feeling? What are the emotions? And then the backside is more of like the step-by-step like nitty gritty process that goes behind creating that experience for the person. And it's interesting because I do Dubsado setups for people. And in my mind, because I've done it for so long now, it's just natural to have a client process. That's something I go over with every Dubsado setup I do. We talk about the client process of, okay, what happens when somebody first inquires about your services? How do you send a discovery call? What goes out when those sort of things. And I found that actually I'll say this for confidently for probably 90% of the people I've worked with, they did not have a client process in place when we were talking about it. They're like, I don't know. I just send it at this time. And it was so interesting for me because I don't know if it's just the way that I do things. If it's the way that I have built my business, that's just something I think about naturally of like, what is your step? How do you do things? And so I've found such a need for helping people with this because it truly creates so much more ease for you as a business owner to know what is happening when you're working with clients. And that translates to your client having a great experience because it's consistent. They know when things are happening. It's not just kind of like fly by the seat of your pants, middle of the night, sending a reminder. It's more of like you're on a timeline for yourself and your clients can count on that from your side too.
0: Definitely. And I think there's a nuance there where if people come to me and they say they're not getting any new clients, I think unconsciously, if we're not confident about our systems, about our processes, about our client processes and experience... We don't feel confident that A, we can take on more work in the back of our mind too. This doesn't even have to be in the forefront that these people that we're bringing on are going to have a good experience. There are unconscious things that are happening. So when you can invest the time to really think this through and walk out like what your client experience is or what you wish it was. And you have that in place, so there is a renewed confidence. And when you talk about your offers and you get leads in, there's just like an ease that people will sense. Mm-hmm. And it's like, energetically, I believe that they know, like you're ready for those clients. So it is, uh, it's subtle, but I think it's important if you feel stuck getting clients and you know, listening to this, you're not confident in the experience your clients are having, it's something to definitely spend some time on because I was able to spend time setting up Dubsado early on, and I've had to make very little tweaks to it over the years. It was an investment and it's paid dividends over and over in and of itself. So it's not like something that you have to constantly dump time and energy into once you figure out what you want to do and how to set it up.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's it's truly, for me, it's about creating ease for you as a business owner and also is for your client, because I mean, so many people, when they come to me and I ask like, what are your pain points with Dubsado? They say, well, things are falling through the cracks or like I am doing everything manually. There's so many different things that they come for. And a lot of the time it's not necessarily their client experience. It's like, this is so much work for me. I'm stressed. Like I can't handle all of this. And it's once you kind of have the system in place and you're able to say, okay, Here's my first step, my second step, my third step. And you know, the sequence of things, you don't feel like you're trying to rush and get things done last minute because you might have your emails prepared because you know what's coming up next. You have your proposals ready. You have your welcome guide, whatever you're using that's prepared because you know what is going to happen when you're working with that client. And then again, for ease with your clients, you say, okay, here's how you book a call. And you have that link immediately. Or you send them their welcome guide right after they pay their invoice. They're not waiting multiple days for that. And I know I've been in a position where I was actually paying for a service and I paid for it, all that good stuff. And then I didn't receive any communication for a couple of days. And I was like, okay, like what's next? And especially as someone who, like, I'm very intentional of where I send my money as a business owner. And so when I invested in this, I was like, super excited, right? So, especially when you, like are excited about something, you want to know right away what's happening next. And then to sit there and wait and not have any communication about what's going on, other than a confirmation of my invoice has been paid. I was kind of like, uh, so what do we do now? And I actually ended up reaching out to that person because I didn't hear anything. And then they were able to follow up with me and stuff like that. But that just kind of brought to mind of, we need to make sure for us as a business owner, we have our stuff in place, but You also have to think about that client too. Like from your side, maybe you're like, yep, this is great. This is going to work perfectly for me, but it's also going to work for your client. Like if you were to put yourself in their position, would you want to wait multiple days for a welcome email after you paid for a service, especially if it's a high ticket purchase? I mean, I would hate for somebody to feel like they've just been abandoned now that they've been paid. That is not a good feeling for anybody.
0: Absolutely. And we live in a very on demand society. So we're used to being able to click and something shows up in our inbox, purchase a course, the welcome email is automated. Ideally, and it shows up in your inbox. So when you make that decision and you invest in something, especially high ticket and like across the board, it is not consistent. There was a time when I signed up for a high ticket offer. And it was, it was super high ticket. It was a huge stretch for me at the time. I was really excited about it. And I think it took that person two weeks to get back to me. Oh my gosh. And I, at that time I was like, I don't want to work with this person anymore because no. are they incredible at what they do? Could they have been a benefit to me? Yeah. But then I wasn't confident in the process anymore. And yeah. I, I did not want to move forward. And so it actually impacted, you know, the sale, which maybe based on their lack of communication didn't mean something to them, but it's so simple. We know to set up automations Mm -hmm. in the backend that that didn't have to happen that way. So it's also not to shame people. Like we're all where we're at. And um, if you have your eye on this, there's simple ways you can map this out and do better. And I know like, it's hard for you maybe to see outside of your own bottle, right. To see the label. Um, But I can, as you know, guarantee you that it's like, okay, where do I even start with this? And like, what steps can they take today to move forward and improve this for their clients?
1: Yeah, definitely. So what I have people do is I have them tell me like exactly what happens when they work with somebody. So what are you doing right now? When are you sending stuff? What are you sending? Those sort of things. And then from there, we kind of look at from the moment that somebody is inquiring about your services, we kind of break it into phases. So I view the client process or the client experience as four different phases. So you have your inquiry phase where they're talking to you about your services, maybe they're booking a discovery call. So we break it down to what is happening here, when does it happen, and what are you sending? So you have a clear timeline of, okay, they decide that they want to inquire about my services. I'm going to send them an email asking for a discovery call, like that step-by-step process. Okay. And then we do our discovery call. We're moving on to our next phase. Maybe we decide we want to work with them. So this is our onboarding stage. Now, same thing, break it down. What is your step-by-step? What needs to happen? Are we going to send a proposal? When are we going to send it? Do you have it ready? So it's just really breaking it down to like itty bitty steps of exactly what's happening when and what you need. And you do that for the full thing. So we move through the inquiry, the onboarding, when you're doing the proposal contract, all that good stuff. Your um, working stage or your project stage, depending on how you work with people. So this might be like your welcome email that you send them. Maybe you need to do a kickoff call like I do for my Dubsado clients. Do you need to have them fill out any forms? If you're doing like, let's say marketing, do you need to collect some information so they could create their content for them? Just little things like that of, I know I'm going to need this. So let's make sure we have that stuff prepared and have a timeline of when we're going to need that. And when we're going to send out to them. And then the very last part, which I think is huge is the off warning stage. So Something that I noticed and I've even talked to my friends about this is that once I get to the offboarding stage, it's kind of like, well, what do I do now? Like we're done working together, but I still think this is a very, very good place to make sure that you're giving that client a great experience. And so within this, even thinking about, are you sending them a thank you email? Are you sending them a testimonial form? Something that I personally do for my Dubsado clients is I give them a gift at the end. And so I'm not saying that you have to do that at all but there needs to be some sort of wrap up. So it's not just a, okay, here's your content for the month. See ya. Like talk to you later. Just something, something to kind of wrap it up to kind of just tie everything up in a nice little bow and be like, okay, this is your package or your retainer or whatever is complete. And so that's what I would suggest for people when they're first trying to map out their process. But the other big suggestion I have is then once you have that mapped out, either go to a friend or do it for yourself of, Walk through that as if you are the client. What is that like? Do you feel like you're getting communication consistently? Do you know what is happening? Do you know what your next steps are? Is there a two-week gap between stuff that you weren't aware of as you were putting this together? And I'm not saying by any means that you have to send emails consistently to your clients because that is overwhelming in itself. It's more the fact of when you are sending communication, do they know what their next steps are? So maybe for me, it's, hey, I'm going to be working on your Dipsato build. I'll be working on this for the next two weeks. If you need me, here's how to get a hold of me. So they know like I'm not just leaving you in the dark. This is what I'm doing. And if you need me, here's how you can get a hold of me too. So it's little pieces like that too, just to make sure that you're making sure they are aware of the timeline and what is happening from your side when you're working with them too.
0: Absolutely. And if you're unsure, I would say the more communication is always better. Yes,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And another thing that I suggest for people is whether it's in the online space or even if it's like brick and mortar businesses, think of an experience that you had that was top notch, like it was excellent. What happened? What made that a great experience for you? And then reverse that to what was an experience that was not so great. It's easy to remember the ones that were not so great. Mm -hmm. Why was it not so great? What happened? And then how can you prevent that from happening for you and your clients and your business too? So I think it's just kind of looking at different perspectives of your experiences, whether good or bad, other people's experiences, good or bad, just to help create that very, very clear process for you and a great uh, client experience for your clients.
0: I love that. And I would wonder if you come across this, I would encourage people not to be discouraged if you start doing this process and mapping it out. And for example, I'll come across people who have 10 different packages or they make a different package for every single person they work with. Ultimately, you're gonna uncover things most likely that are going to prevent you from wanting to scale if in fact that you want to scale. If you wanna bring in more income, if you want to take more clients, it's hard to do unless you have something streamlined and you can wow. plug this into a process, even if it's just one thing, like you could work with clients in different ways, but if you have a VIP day or a strategy session and that is streamlined, that's going to save time and energy. And then you can work with your accountability person or a coach or somebody to figure out the rest of your service, because if we're doing all this a la carte stuff, and we can't streamline it, it is going to ultimately usually impact your ability to grow and evolve as a business and to bring in the income and meet the goals that you want to meet.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the one thing I'll say too, is everybody's process is so different. So just because somebody is doing something a certain way does not mean that that's right for you or the way that you want to do it. For example, my process, I always do um like a lead capture form, review that and then send out a discovery call scheduler. I have a friend who she does course builds and she's so busy. She has a kiddo and she's like, I just I don't have the capacity for that. And so she actually has somebody book their not even a discovery call, they book their service for their course build at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So she completely kind of skips over like that initial inquiry phase, but she promotes the knowledge that they need in other ways. So she sends like a video that describes everything that's gonna happen and she has an email that is really in depth that kind of covers everything that she would need in that discovery call anyways. So even though that's not the same process I would do, it works for her and it's worked perfectly for what she needed. And that's okay. Like that's another big thing of do what is best for you and what is sustainable for you as a business owner. Take into account your time your work boundaries. Cause that is huge. Making sure you have those boundaries for yourself. You do not need to work all the time. And this helps with that and just making sure that you feel good with it. And it's okay to tweak. I mean, I tweak mine all the time. Like I feel <laughs> make changes here and there and that's okay because I'm finding what works better for me and for my clients and, and really for the work-life balance. I want to continue to maintain as my business continues to grow.
0: I love that, and you and I have talked about that in the back end. Just how important it is to know your values, to understand what you want out of your business. Know that that can evolve and change, but yeah. it doesn't have to look like anybody else's business or what anybody else is doing, as long as it works for you and your clients.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it might even be something where, like at the end in your testimonial form, you ask your clients how it was for them. Like, what was your experience? And I do this in my own testimonial form it's what could I have done better for you? And that could be an opportunity for them to say like, Hey, I wish I would have known this beforehand, just giving that feedback. And it's okay. If people give you feedback and even though they wish something might be different, maybe for you, you're like, hmm, that doesn't quite feel right for me. And that's okay. At least, you know, that mm-hmm. somebody had felt this way about the way you did things. But yeah, I think it's, you do what's best for you. And I've had to learn that for myself of, always reminding myself that I started this for my daughter. Cause I, like I said at the very beginning, I'm so laser focused on stuff that I will just go for it. And especially with building my business, I have so many goals and so many dreams around it that I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm ready. And at the end of the day, my daughter is what matters most. And so I have to remind myself of that. And that ends up relating to how I build my business with my client processes and how I work with people too.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, we can have a whole episode about that, but I know early on, I listened to Shailene Johnson, who some people might be familiar with in the space. She has, I think, Marketing Impact Academy. She has several podcasts, but she talked about, and she has episodes about raising her kids and turning down so many Lucrative or really like ego gratifying experiences and opportunities as her business was growing. Um, she has a multi million dollar business. And it was so helpful for me to see someone who had gone through the whole journey, had the experience, and not only didn't regret it, but really was grateful for those values based decisions she made along the way. And for me, that was really comforting because. It's fun to pour into something that lights you up that's exciting. And let's be real, like if we're talking about parenting and child care versus uh, running a business, you can get not only uh, revenue, but a pat's on the back and it just, it can feel really good to us. And so knowing like what your values are and making sure you're sticking to those and maybe course correcting along the way is just something that if you can find that example or experience or whatever sort of reconnects you to that purpose and it'll really serve you well in the long run.
1: Yeah. And I'll stay along with that of if you're able to at some point in your business mapping out your mission, your vision, and your values. Right. So here's where you are right now and your vision is where you want to be. And in that, it's not just my business. I put down my family life. What do I want my life to look like? And for me, it's very much I want my business to revolve around my life. I want my life to be the center of it all. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to everything else to revolve around work. And so that's what I did for my vision is I created everything to be like, okay, my life comes first. My baby comes first. My husband comes first. All that comes first. How do I build a business to be around that and support that? But that feels good to me still. Mm-hmm. And so I would encourage that for anybody. Like if you haven't done that for yourself, think about three to five years down the road, what do you want this to look like? And I think having that kind of in the back of your mind when you're making decisions has a huge impact. Cause I think you're able to really make very well thought out decisions when you know where you're trying to go, as opposed to like, I'm here right now and I'm struggling or I'm not making enough income or whatever that might be. Okay. But where do we want to go? Is this decision going to support that? Mm-hmm. And that's something that really has helped me. I think whenever I have those situations where I'm like, ah, oh, struggling in business. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, I wonder if there's any more final words you have about or encouragement you have for people that are in the process of client experience. And probably like most of us know that we can make some improvements at a minimum or create the whole system, you know, at a maximum. What do you have to share with people about that?
1: Yeah. I would say, first of all, it's okay if you don't have one or like you were saying Julie, like, a lot of people have it, but they don't have maybe the language around it, knowing that they have it, or they just don't have it mapped out. And it's okay. I mean, there are so many people that I see that don't have it. They have very successful businesses. They're doing great. And so it's not that like, because you don't have one, like you're not going to be successful. That's, I know means what I'm saying. It's more along the lines of creating ease for yourself as a business owner. And it doesn't have to be a CRM. I mean, I think having a CRM at some point in your business, especially when you're going to scaling is definitely going to help you with automations and stuff like that. But if you're at a place where like, I'm not quite ready for that, or I'm not ready to invest, you can do this still and have it laid out. And let's say like a Google sheet or a Trello board, it doesn't have to be built into something yet. I think just having something mapped out is going to help you. And then when you get to a place where you have HoneyBook or or whatever is for your business. You have that client process just to throw in there, be ready to go. So it's going to help you in the long run. And it really will help you sustain your business as a business owner as you're continuing to grow and scale. But it's okay if you don't have one. I mean, now is the chance to start thinking about it and kind of as you're working with people, start to write down what you're doing and put a system in place for yourself.
0: Now, I know that as people are listening, they're like, you know what? I don't want to do this by myself. <laughs> I want somebody with your brain who this comes so naturally to you. And yeah. you've invested so much time and energy also perfecting your craft. Where do people connect with you? How do you serve your clients? And um, where do they find you online?
1: Yeah, so I am most active on Instagram probably. So I'm at ShayHoward.co. So it's S H A Y H O W A R D.co. My website is actually the same. So it's ShayHoward.co. That's my website. But what I do right now, I'm kind of making a small little pivot because I truly have found that I love helping people with the client process and the client experience so much. Like when I do deep thought builds, that is my bread and butter. That is what I like to do. So I actually have one-on-one strategy calls where I help people map this out. So during that time, we talked about pretty much what we talked about here, like the whole entire process. What does it look like? You walk away with a trillo board of your whole process, a to-do list of things that you need to create, boxer support, all that good stuff. And I also, you know what? I'm just going to share it here because it's coming around. I have a course that is launching in November um, <laughs> that is all about the client process. So if you're someone who's like, no, nah, I don't really need somebody to help me with this. I want to do it on my own. I have the course for you. So it's a lot of client process stuff, making sure your systems are ready to go. But then if you're somebody who is ready for a Dubsada build, I do that too. So I got you covered. Now the areas.
0: <laughs> That's darn exciting. So if people go to your, if they're listening to this before December, they could follow you on Instagram, check mm-hmm. out your website and get connected with you because that is really exciting. How cool. Yes.
1: I know this is the first place I've announced that like, That's so exciting! (laughs) Yay!
0: We feel very honored. Uh, Yes. Well, I will be tuning in and learning and sharing all about that. So that's really, really fun, Shay. I just appreciate you so much. Not only who you are as a human being, but just being connected with your journey and following you and cheering you on just makes my journey better. So thank you. Uh,
1: You're so sweet. That just this has been like one of the most fun conversations. I'm just like so happy right now and. Yeah. I just enjoy always listening to you on your podcast and chatting with you. So it's been such a joy to come on here and actually be one of your guests. I've wanted to for so long. So
0: I'm so happy. Well, we hope to have you back again. So when your course goes live. Anytime. You let me know. And you know, we really respond to if you DM Shay or you DM me and say like, i'd want to talk about this more i want to dive into this like that's really how new episodes are born because it's questions that you guys have that are listening that inform future things or we think oh yeah that would be amazing to talk more into that Mm -hmm. so don't be shy reach out let us know what you loved and we would love to do a part two
1: yes absolutely
0: all right lady well i'm inspired i'm gonna go walk on my um my treadmill now
1: perfect (laughs) get all those stuffs in.
0: (laughs) We will see you soon. Yes.
1: Thank you.